0: Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get rex the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I am, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my friend and co-host. He's got the joy, 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 joy down in his heart. It's Micah. You know,
1: (laughs) dude... I kind of love some of those old Bible songs. Dude, yeah,
0: those like old gospel yeah. songs—they're great. One of my favorite
1: was "Pharaoh, Pharaoh." Did you, did you like that one at all? I don't know that one off the top of my head. That one goes,
0: "Pharaoh, Pharaoh, whoa,
1: let my people go,
0: let my people go." Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that song—that song slaps.
0: <laughs> slaps in the name of Jesus. <laughs> slaps in the name of the Lord. <laughs> So what are we getting into today, Thor? What are we, are we getting into? We are getting into The Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. The Max original, uh, written, uh, created and written by Danny McBride, with a hell of a cast. Uh, it's really an ensemble cast. And, I mean, it's basically a wealthy evangelist Christian family, like TV evangelists. Yeah. And they get into some hijinks. They they do get into some hijinks. Yes, <laughs> they absolutely do. So, Micah, what do you think about gemstones? Uh,
1: man, what, okay. What are your
0: initial impressions? My initial impressions.
1: Yeah, it was funny. I, I enjoyed the humor in it uh, a decent amount. Something like this is kind of weird for me because with... The background that I have, um, I am very cautious with movies, shows that follow a religious family, like something that that goes, and it's really clearly trying to be a representation of what the Christian community is. Mm -hmm. Now, with that, I went into this also knowing that it's a comedy, also knowing that it's Danny McBride. Uh, and i'm okay with i'm okay with laughing at myself and i can i can take a joke pretty well so i wasn't sure how far this would go if this was a show where it was about this group of preachers and they were just all awful all the time and everything sucked and it was making fun of the the faith like through the whole thing mm-hmm. i don't think i would have enjoyed it but I think that they towed a pretty nice balance between like showing kind of the ridiculousness of a lot of these mega church pastors. not I mean, this is to a ex- pretty extreme degree. <laughs> yeah, for sure, but um, just showing the ridiculousness of the production, even just of the sermons, yeah, uh, and also having a side where you say, okay i can I can see that they're not totally just trying to bash this faith,
0: right? Yeah. And immediately, so you immediately go right into one of the like biggest points about this show that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Is the fact, I think it would have been so easy for them to go in and be like, okay, we're going to show some 700 club, mega church televangelists, and we're going to make them be the evil, dirty scumbags that everybody believes they are. That could have, that's a really easy route that, Danny McBride and the other writers, they could have leaned into. Yeah. I I mean, I think in the show it would still be successful, probably. Oh, it absolutely would. <laughs> but it's, It absolutely I, would. <laughs> but he does take, like, all the characters are nuanced. And it's not just this black and white, like, oh, they're megachurch televangelists, they're evil. Are they flawed people? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent they're flawed. Without a doubt. But... They do a great job of showing that like they make mistakes and <laughs> and sometimes they're not great people. Yeah. But at their core, they actually are trying to they have these like Christian values they're trying to to hold on to yeah. and, and trying to follow and in their own like twisted way. A lot of it is more so them wrestling with their faith and with their values versus the life that they're leading and oftentimes you see like Jesse essentially bargaining with himself for why he's not a bad guy or <laughs> <laughs> yeah or, or <laughs> like it's it I think it's a it's a nice way to go about it, it in that it it's a fair it, it's it's kind of like a fair perspective and it doesn't make it about the like the fact that they are uh pastors in a church right that's obviously a big part of the plot line, but the story they're telling inherently is not driven by that. It's not. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's not... a story about a family <laughs> going, it's a fa- story of a dysfunctional family going through a difficult circumstance. Yeah. Very I mean, comical, <laughs> comically difficult circumstance. Yeah. Um But nonetheless, at the, at its heart, it's just a, it's just a comedy about a family
1: yeah I I think um I think that they did a good job I mean again it's a comedy right so I was coming into it with that mindset and if if something was off it's not like I was watching this for accuracy on on how I would think that people act this uh, if they're somehow involved with a church right like there were times where I was watching this and I go, there's no way that a pastor would be like this. Yeah. But then, but then I'd have to remind myself that these type of comedies, cause this is very early two thousands kind of, I don't want to say lowbrow comedy, but it's in the same vein as uh stepbrothers or role models like that. It's that, Danny McBride. Yeah. Dan, I mean, <laughs> it's Danny McBride and it's Danny McBride humor. So college I ex- humor. Yes. Yeah. I expected him to have, be a character who has some impactful, like, like crazy amount of self-value that is unjustified.
0: Yeah, they, that's c- the character he plays best.
1: Yeah, because c- he's always doing that. So when things like that would happen, I would have to remind myself, that's not how people are in general, right? Like, this isn't how pastors act, but that's also not how people act. This is a comedy, Micah. Like, remember that. Yeah. Um not that I ever found myself getting offended or something, but there were times where I would naturally kind of be pulled out of the narrative a little bit because <laughs> you're
0: like Cause you're just, like this is too off the wall. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so the biggest things for me were just the the way that the main plot line kind of went through and I think I think the the middle sister, I forget what her Her Judy Judy
0: dude I fucking love Judy
1: Gemstone she's so (laughs) funny she's something else man so the cast is pretty awesome uh Danny McBride I guess did he write this direct it I mean it sounds like this is his kind of baby
0: I know it's created by him let's let's see if I can get
1: a because it's got him um John Goodman is in it and I love John Goodman just about every single thing that he's in I love um if John Goodman is in a movie or a show, he makes it five times better just with his presence alone.
0: Dude, Roseanne, one of the best sitcoms right? of Roseanne all time. Was
1: great. Uh, there was great. There was a movie that John Goodman was in. I think that it was a Kevin Smith film, actually. Red, Red State. Yes. It's Red State. It's fucking great. So the thing that I really enjoyed about that, Kevin Smith and Tarantino are two writers who give a lot of dialogue in their films. Yes. And they tell a story pretty effectively through dialogue, not through exposition, but through dialogue, just characters talking to each other. And I thought that the intro to red state, which again (laughs) happens to be about a crazy cult, but John Goodman plays a, either a detective or a hostage negotiator, but he basically gets woken up. That's how the movie starts. He gets a phone call in the middle of the night type of thing. And he wakes up. He's on the phone with whoever is describing and giving him the situation that he is getting dressed and getting ready to go. to. I know
0: exactly what scene you're talking about. Yeah. Okay.
1: And through that scene, he's just you're only hearing his part of the conversation. You're not hearing the other person on the phone at all. And I thought that it was so well done That you could, it gave you a good premise of what the story is going to be. The dialogue was so good that that when he got there, I was, I felt like I was part of that conversation. Sure, yeah. Just by John Goodman's half of it, Um, that's a testament to Kevin Smith's writing, I guess, more so than John Goodman. But I love John Goodman, dude.
0: He's awesome, and he plays Eli Gemstone, the patriarch of the family. Mm -hmm. And then you have. Edie Patterson plays Judy Gemstone. She's the middle daughter. Yeah. Danny McBride is playing Jesse Gemstone. He is the oldest son, the firstborn. He's the Hector of this of this story arc. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have Adam Devine playing Kevin uh, Kelvin Gemstone. Yeah. And he's young, chip on his shoulder. He's like probably like twelve years younger than the other two. Mm-hmm. And even even Jesse's wife. Cassidy Freeman plays Amber Gemstone. And then you have Judy Gemstone's boyfriend, BJ, played by Tim Baltz. Yeah. And for Kelvin, you have his best friend, uh Keith, yeah. Played by Tony Cavalero, And of course, uh the story really focuses a lot uh between Jesse's and his relationship with his son Gideon. Played by Skyler Gizondo. Yeah, and it's an ensemble cast. Like all of those people, and there are more.
1: Yeah, Walter Goggins is another huge one. The guy who played Billy Bob, or I'm sorry, Baby Billy Freeman.
0: Oh yeah, Baby Billy, the brother-in-law, dude. The whole cast is awesome. Who who's your favorite? If you had to pick, mm. who's your, who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite performance? Um,
1: I think that. My favorite character probably would be Kelvin so far. Okay. <laughs> just, just based on <laughs> just based on um the first season. Because we we watched the first season. I mean, I presuming that you've seen more than the first season. Yeah,
0: I've watched the first two seasons. Okay.
1: So yeah, I finished the first season. I kind of enjoyed his character. Uh, Danny McBride is a guy who I can take or leave. Sometimes i I'm in the mood <laughs> for his humor. And then sometimes
0: just <laughs> cause, cause he's just so like,
1: much. I know that it's hard to believe that somebody as perfect as me also has flaws, but I'm here to let you know that I am just a normal man, not as normal as you, but I'm still pretty normal, but I'm still great in the eyes of the Lord. It's just like stupid <laughs> That's stuff. That's Stupid stuff like that. And uh, it's, it's funny. Admittedly, it's funny. Um, probably my least favorite was judy i don't know why
0: (laughs) i just really didn't care for judy (laughs) judy says the wildest shit it's so funny at one point she's talking about like i'm gonna take my million dollars and i'm gonna run off to to malibu california what do you think of that and i'm gonna learn to surf and i'm gonna shave my pussy (laughs) And, and jesse goes judy why are you gonna shave your pussy and she's like, so I can surf faster, obviously. <laughs> dude. Some wild lines. You know, I, I honestly don't know her from anything else. I don't either. Uh, Edie Patterson. And, dude, she's made for this role. It's so funny.
1: It's, it's very funny. Yeah, she does a really, really good job. She's evidently in Knives Out. I don't remember her in that at all.
0: Okay, I kind of watched that can it I just didn't really interest me that much.
1: Sure. Uh the first knives out movie was pretty good. I didn't care for the second one that much. But I also loved Cassidy Freeman who plays Amber Gemstone. Dude, she's incredible. Loved her. I think she's my favorite character on the show. Uh she might be mine. I think I mean John Goodman was an amazing performer. He's always an amazing performer though. Yeah. Just uh it's it's hard to to say something that i did like about john goodman his character anyway dr eli gemstone as i felt like for the most part he was pretty true to how a pastor would be it wasn't like he was over the top and wild and crazy he played a pretty solid uh straight-laced character yeah for the most
0: part, like a plays it close to the vest mm-hmm. this is a guy who's Wealthy, has been wealthy for a long time, yeah. and he has a mission. His mission is delivering Jesus. That's kind of like the whole crux of this story, is the three gemstone children, Calvin, Jesse, Judy. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because, yeah, they're pastors. They work for the church as well, but they're also rich kids. Yes. So it's honestly more of a story looking at people raised wealthy Mm-hmm. and almost not quite not there. And they're kind of like celebrities. They're like Christian they celebrities. In the yeah, world, right? Are. So they have, they all have arrested development. Like Judy, 100%. What makes the thing that makes her character so funny is she's always 13 years old. Yeah. She has never grown past. She still wants her dad's approval and always feels like, she has to try and be the center of attention because she never got attention. And Jesse has this like golden boy mentality. And then Kelvin feels like he's the, he has the second son mentality and they're all just have arrested development where they're still, they're adult children (laughs) ministers. (laughs) And that's where all their issues come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then Eli is the whole season. Eli, that's really what Eli is wrestling with. I've helped all these people, you know, I'm here delivering the word and helping people and I can't even keep my own house in order. Like I failed my own kids. He he never comes out and says as much, but you certainly, when you get scenes with him, you can tell. He's definitely. That's what he's thinking. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that there's a little bit of, he's getting older and he's not going anywhere, but he's in the later part of his career with this. Yeah. So his kids all of them are kind of he he gives them tests basically. He gives them responsibilities and I think that he's trying to see who could actually take over once it's time for him to step down. Yeah. I think that that's a big part of it. And Danny McBride's character Jesse is the clear front runner just cuz he's the oldest um and he's the most established out of all of them cuz he's married with a wife and two kids. Adam, I'm sorry, not Adam, Adam Devine's character, Kelvin, is much younger, so he's doing the youth pastor thing. And then for some reason, Eli Gemstone just
0: disregards Judy for everything. <laughs> because she of them, she is the biggest child of them all. That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. The, the, I remember there's a part too where they get into trouble doing something and Eli just walks up to to Jesse and just gives him a big slap and then looks over at Kelvin and just slaps him across the face, doesn't touch Judy, and starts walking out the door. And she's like, what about me, Daddy? I want to get slapped, too. (laughs) Slap me, too, Daddy. And they all refer to him as
0: Daddy. Yeah, they all call him Daddy.
1: Is that that just something that...
0: I think it's a Southern thing.
1: Is it a Southern thing? Sure. Because when we were watching Banshees of Ennisheeran, they... Referred to their dads as daddy as well. Yeah, I've never heard of a grown man referring to their
0: father as daddy. Is that just something that my family doesn't do? I, I think it's. I think it's a southern thing. Okay. And as far as banshees, I mean, I I don't know how accurate that is to the time, or maybe people in Ireland still call their their dads daddy. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure, but I think I think it's a southern thing. Actually, yeah, my sister. Uh, my sisters called their still call their dad daddy. Well,
1: and so I've I've heard women do that with their dad, but not sons.
0: Oh, okay. I get specifically, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I'm not sure. I mean, would like, I'm trying to think about, about the reverse of that too. Like, would I call my mom mommy? To me, <laughs> that just seems weird. To me, but I, you know, that's just me.
0: Yeah, well, they call her Mama. That's true. They do call her Mama. So, I think, perha- I mean, perhaps that is accurate to, uh you know, these very Southern Bible Belt people. Maybe maybe that is pretty accurate because Danny McBride is from the South. Okay. And so, I mean, perhaps maybe he's just mirroring, you know, people that he grew up around. Yeah. Or maybe it is just for comic effect. That's kind of what I was Because I'm thinking. sure there are people. There yeah. has to be. There's... The number of people who, as an adult, call their parents still daddy and mama, it has to be non-zero. <laughs> right. I don't know if it's a lot, but it's certainly not zero.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this was this was surprisingly entertaining. I, I was really skeptical uh, coming into it. I, I really saw it was. in your
0: face when I recommended it.
1: Yeah. Well, because I got to tell you, man, one of the biggest tropes that I am just sick and tired of is a person who is, of God, some religious leader on a TV show. If you ever see that on a TV show, there is something wrong with them.
0: A hundred percent. All
1: the time. You never see just somebody who's a genuinely good person if they're a leader of a church. It's very rare anyway.
0: Yeah, it is pretty rare.
1: So, uh, for me, I was figuring that how we were describing what they could have done earlier— I was thinking that that's what I was walking into yeah was was that they were all just gonna be horrible people and and they're not great people well, well
0: and I think if you viewed this story from the outside without the intro without knowing all the details because we haven't even really gotten into the plot of the story yet we've just been talking about kind of the characters yeah and I think if you just viewed the story fully from the outside without actually hearing the conversations between them and them them talking to themselves and their family, you would say these are bad people. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, based on the acts of the show, yeah. In the first episode, Jesse ran two people over with his car (laughs) who were blackmailing him from videos of him and his friends doing cocaine and watching his friend fuck a hooker. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and Judy stole uh like a million dollars. Yeah, from, 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 from the from church. church. From, Kel- the, from Kelvin the tithe, is, by Kelvin the way. Kelvin is actually genuinely pretty good. I think yeah. He he wants to be a good boy.
1: And I think that, that might be why I liked him the most, because I felt like he was probably the closest On to On the
0: alignment chart, for sure he's yeah, the closest to to good. reality. <laughs> um
1: But even even so, some things like there was a uh there was a scene near the end where he starts thinking that he's Jesus, or starts thinking that he wants to be Jesus, and it's a kind of a funny scene because <laughs> they're all sitting on the couch, and he goes, "I want to be Jesus." <laughs> they're like, but. <laughs> "He's like, I can tell you right now, Kelvin, you are not Jesus. I Man, it doesn't mean you're not a bad guy or not a good guy. You're a great guy. You're just not Jesus." And he goes, "But I want to be Jesus." It's <laughs> <laughs> so like that's funny, but. I can tell you that there's a lot of stuff on the other end, faith wise, that says that's not cool at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And again, I know that that's done for comedic effects. So I kind of watched it and laughed because it was kind of humorous. But uh, it, you know, I was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You have to look at it for what it is and you can't take it seriously at all.
0: Yeah. No. I I think it's intentionally done lighthearted. Yeah. And and I and I do appreciate because I agree because I'm not even a person of faith. Right. But what I am is just inevitably I can't help it. I'm just a natural contrarian. So I agree. And I see it's anytime you see somebody who's religious, you're like, oh, that's a bad guy. They're gonna rape or kill or mm-hmm. steal or in the or name or the device. lord. Yeah. yeah. Which and not to say that those people don't exist in the world and that they're not fascinating characters. Because I think that's probably a big reason for why that trope is o- overused is because that is inherently a fascinating character.
1: I think that it, it comes down to that kind of dual, um, I don't know, so this dichotomy between what the character supposed to be and then what they actually are. Because if you just have a bad guy who's just a bad guy— then they're just a bad guy. Exactly. Right? But if you have somebody who's supposed to be representing the best in humanity and he's actually a bad guy. Yeah, he's actually the
0: worst of uh, humanity. Yeah. Yeah. There's and some intrigue there. Yeah, it's it's intriguing, it's fascinating, but once again the contrarian in me is like just st- just do something, you know what would be really a real make me double take. Is if maybe for once you did something different, Hollywood? Like <laughs> sure. I don't care, I don't have a horse in the race. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's like I'm telling you know, it'd be nice to see something that's not the same thing always. Yeah, so yeah, I get that. I, that's one of the big things I like about this show is that it's they could take the easy route. Yeah, and they actually kind of do, in, in a sense, with Baby Billy. Oh yeah, yeah, be- yeah, yeah. Whereas because the rest of the gemstones, I would say, are probably neutral on the alignment scale i think that the i think that for the most part they're well intentioned idiots yeah whereas baby billy definitely falls closer to the evil scale yeah he's genuinely a bad guy i would agree (laughs) preaching is his job yeah but at his at his heart he is he likes fast cars cocaine and hot women Mm mm-hmm with Bad teeth. Yeah. Dude, her teeth. It's so funny how much they shit on her teeth. <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah. So uh, as far as
1: the the narrative, you alluded to it earlier, but basically a, a tape comes out, a video comes out with Danny McBride's character, Jesse, and he's getting blackmailed. It's a video of him uh, snorting some cocaine. There are some hookers hanging out. And it's him with a bunch of members of his church, basically his friends from the church.
0: Yeah, it's basically like his his crew. Yeah. It's it's these four. It's like Chad and Levi and I can't remember the other one's names. There's like four of them and they're all middle-aged men. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, Jesse's kind of like, he's the one who's next in line to take over the church. And this is his entourage pretty much. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of old dorks that go to church <laughs> with him. And so he bosses them all around because they think he's, they think he's cool as shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, he's next in line, so to speak. So he gets blackmailed and then basically he gets blackmailed. They need a hundred or they need a million dollars. And one of my favorite parts was him going to the guy in the church who runs all the money. I forget what the guy's name was. Uh, Martin. Martin. Yeah. And he's he's like, look, I've been thinking, I got this really cool idea. I think it'll help the church out a lot. It'll make a lot of money. We'll be able to help a lot of people find Jesus. And the, he goes, okay, wh- what are you doing? He goes, I'd like to keep it close to the chest, but I need a million dollars. He just starts <laughs>
0: laughing.
1: Yeah, the dude starts laughing. He goes, I can't give you a million dollars without your dad questioning and knowing what that's for. And he goes, Look, God is telling you that you need to take the or you need to do this. He goes, you need to listen to God here, and he just puts his hands on his shoulders and he goes, "I listen to your daddy." <laughs> and pats him and even walks he away. calls him his daddy. Yeah, maybe it's just a gemstone Dude, thing. I
0: love even just the opening of that first episode. The season opener is them. They're in China doing baptisms in a wave pool. Oh yeah. And Jesse and Kelvin start fighting over you ain't you ain't baptizing good enough over there. Yeah. And Calvin's like, stop telling me how to baptize. <laughs> and so Levi starts yell or uh Eli starts yelling at him. And then the wave pool starts going off. Oh my gosh, and that was dude,
1: hysterical. Dude,
0: so funny. <laughs> it was hysterical.
1: Something else too that I thought was a nice touch was at least in the first season, I don't know how it goes in later seasons, mm-hmm. but in the first season There was profanity, but there was also a whole lot of them not swearing and using gosh dang it in place of swearing.
0: Yeah. It's a small attention to detail, but it's nice.
1: Yeah, I thought that that was pretty funny because usually people in those uh, stations keep a pretty tight rein on their vocabulary. Son of of a biscuit. Yeah. So I thought that that was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. So uh, where were we? We were talking about you know, the f- first episode. So he's getting blackmailed. Yeah. And I actually let, he also, he gets home from that trip and he's like in wife, in bed with his wife and they're talking and having a good night and that's when that guy sends him that video and calls him and is like, I want a million dollars, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Yeah, so he goes, they find out that Judy's been stealing from the church. So she's got the money for the, um, for the ransom, not ransom, for the blackmail. And he goes to Kelvin. I'm not even sure why Kelvin is getting involved. He kind of interjects himself because it's his brother and he feels like he's got to be there for his family. That's yeah. that's basic. And, and a lot of this is the three of them are sticking together because they're family, even though they bicker all the time. <laughs> yeah, with each constantly. Other. But it's really comedic bickering. So they go to to the drop point, the location, and it's... In some strip mall parking lot and they go to drop the money off and hilarity ensues. They end up running over two people who were masked and drive away with the money.
0: Yeah, because they basically he gets out of the car and the guy's like he drops the money and the car is parked and the guy's like, bring it here. And he's like, hell no. He's like, I, why the hell would I walk all the way over there? Come get it yourself. And they're arguing about whether Jesse is going to bring the money to the van. And eventually the guy gets out and comes up to him. And I forget what Jesse had. Jesse had brought something. And he, like, ends up hitting the guy. Oh, yeah. What does
1: he... He hits him with... Is it one of those, uh, like, defense things? They It's... It's like a rod, like a oh, handheld Oh, yeah, yeah, It's like chain. a handheld
0: little rod. I forget. Because right. we forgot a part about the part where they go to the local preacher, Johnny Seasons, who has a small congregation who's worried about this new megachurch they're building in his town. hmm And so they go because they think Johnny Seasons is blackmailing him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then Johnny Seasons shoots one of his buddies with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, turns out it's not Johnny Seasons. So it's that thing he had. Yeah. Yeah, so he ends up getting into a fight with the guy. He grabs the money, runs back in the car, and then he runs over the guy. Yeah. And they're like, Jesse, what'd you do? What'd you do? And then the other person gets out of the van and runs up to see if he's okay. And Jesse starts backing up and chasing this other person in reverse and (laughs) and runs the other person over too.
1: Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, and then that's how the episode ends. So, it it turns out that the son of Jesse, the eldest son of Jesse, is the one who is doing the blackmailing, or at least he's part of the blackmail. He's estranged and he left to become a uh, a stuntman in film. Yeah, you
0: know, a stuntman. I like the way you said that. <laughs> said that
1: <laughs> a stuntman, uh, in film. And he hasn't been home for a long time. He basically left the family. He's totally disconnected. And he's in with some other stuntmen who, I guess, they just are not great people. And he's got this avenue to get millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, because Jesse basically blew—they went out on some kind of, like, prayer convention. And Jesse and his buddies blew off Gideon, his oldest son. Mm -hmm. And— so Gideon set up a phone and secretly recorded them. That And it was them doing blow and hanging out with hookers. And he left after that and he, and didn't tell them why. So the whole time Jesse is pissed at Gideon. Yeah. The first, you don't even meet Gideon until really meet him till like the third episode. When he comes home.
1: Yeah. Because at first you don't know that he's
0: his son. Exactly. So, Jesse is pissed he's, he's, the rest of the family is not even allowed to say Gideon's name in his house because he feels betrayed by him but so Gideon went to Hollywood not because he wanted to extort his family because he was so hurt by his dad and he saw those things we were talking about where it's like this is a man of faith this is my father who's supposed to be the most righteous man I've ever met Yeah, and he blew me off to do coke and have sex with hookers so that's why he left and then at some point when he was in Hollywood, he met this guy, Scotty, who's a stunt man as well. And I'm assuming he started telling him and, and, uh, Scotty was probably like, well, I know how we can make your family pay. Sure. And kind of took the reins. Cause you definitely get that vibe from Gideon and Scotty where Gideon doesn't really like what's going on. Blackmailing yeah. his family, but Scotty's kind of running the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say so. and, it definitely seems like Scotty is, he's older and I i don't know. It's an interesting dynamic between the two of them, but that's basically where the narrative goes from. And now, so then Gideon comes home to kind of be a sleeper agent, get involved with the church and figure out how to get access to the money so that they can steal from the family. Yeah, And that narrative is basically what leads the whole first season
0: through. Yeah. And actually, it's kind of hilarious when Gideon comes. How did you feel about that reveal? Because it's the end of episode two. Because episode two is like you're following these people who are trying to rob Jesse Mm -hmm. or or blackmail him, essentially. And you're meeting the characters because they're in the hospital because they got ran over by a car. (laughs) Right. So two of them are in the hospital. And then there's, you know, a younger guy who's with them. It's a guy and a girl and then a younger guy. And the whole story's following them, but you have no context for who they are or why they're targeting the gemstones. Until the very end of that episode, the Jesse and Amber get a knock on the door. She opens the door. It's Gideon. Mm-hmm. And she says, Gideon, you're home. How do you feel about that reveal? Did, did you have any idea?
1: Oh, I had no idea that, that like I, I was not thinking that that was going to be him. Okay. So that one, yeah, I was kind of like, "Oh, wow!"
0: Um,
1: and I think, honestly, from that point on, that intrigued me and kind of got me excited for the next episodes. Okay. So, because prior to that, I was like, "I don't know where this is going," um, but I feel like, I feel like that segment was really well done. Honestly, I think that the writing was pretty well done yeah. in this for a comedy. You don't see many comedies anymore like this, um. So I I really enjoyed that reveal and I felt like I was looking forward to the rest of the series.
0: Okay. With that, because I honestly I couldn't remember because I rewatched it so we could talk about it mm-hmm. and I and I already knew that. So and God, I was yeah, thinking yeah. I, as it happened, I was like, I can't remember if I saw it coming. Because now, because once you know, I mean, sure, we'll you know, know, yeah, yeah, I didn't see it coming at all. I was like, oh, yeah. man. But in the episode after that, because the whole time Gideon's been gone, his younger brother, so Jesse's middle child, has kind of been being a jerk. He doesn't really respect Jesse anymore. At one point when Jesse comes home, like, he's sleeping in his bed. And Jesse, it's during that first, uh, first episode. Jesse comes home from China, and he's checking in on his family. It's a very sweet scene. He's opening the door, looking in on his son's.
1: He goes and gives him a kiss on the yeah, head.
0: Goes, gives him a kiss on the head. And then he closes the door, goes to his middle son. And he goes and kisses him on the head. And his son goes, what are you, a fag? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah, he says something like, don't you use that language in this house. Yeah, he, He's like, I have plenty of friends. I have friends who are homosexual. Don't use that kind of language. Yeah. And and so he's having a lot of trouble with this son, the middle son. He's rebelling. Especially since Gideon has left. Mm-hmm. So then there's a family dinner, now the Gideon's home, on episode three. And Jesse says one of my favorite lines in the show. It's And it's honestly kind of like a throwaway line. But at the dinner table, the middle brother is being a jerk to Jesse and talking back and not treating him with respect. And he's Jesse's still very mad at Gideon, even though he came back. And so the kid ends up like, he looks at Jesse and he's like, Fuck you. And just like you get out, of, go up to your room. And he's like, I'm sorry y'all, I'm sorry y'all had to see that. He's just he's he's been acting really crazy since his brother left. Because of one son's sin, the other son is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I love Danny McBride. He's always taking like what sounds like kind of like a folksy biblical wisdom and then he twists it into something modern and vulgar yeah <laughs> he's he's an expert at that
1: yeah it it was pretty awesome uh, admittedly it was pretty funny um i liked this more than i thought i was going to i i really well i don't know i don't know if that's the right way to put it i was just i walked into it very skeptical and i was kind of relieved by the end of the season it was, it was a nice, like, oh, okay, this actually was pretty good. Yeah. This was actually pretty good. Something that, again, that I really enjoyed about it was there was a lot of character growth with a fair amount of the, the main characters in this. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it ended on a good note for all of the main characters as far as they ended up doing the better thing or, or doing something to make things right Like, they they took responsibility for the actions that happened in the season and tried to take ownership and progress and better themselves for it. Yeah. And I felt like that was very, very cool because it put all of the characters in kind of a positive light, except for Baby Billy. But the main characters, Jesse, you know, with with everything that happens, he ends up uh, getting kicked out of the house and... Yeah, like, like, yeah because I don't know. I just felt like it's it was tough good.
0: to kind of talk about a whole season, but we'll kind of yeah. speed through it. What happens is the blackmail Gideon comes home and eventually it just never works out. Scotty ends up telling or Gideon ends up telling his friend Scotty, like, look, it's not going to work. We're, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not going to happen. So Scotty ends up just taking Jesse hostage. Oh, yeah. And then. Essentially pistol whipping Jesse and taking him making him take him to Eli's house and they tell they tell Eli, You need to open the bank or I'm gonna kill you. Pistol whips Eli too. And he ends up getting away with like a million bucks. Couple mm-hmm. million a couple million dollars. A million, yeah. It's from Easter Sunday.
1: Which is the biggest day. That one in Christmas. Yeah. For churches, yep. Yeah.
0: And then as he gets as he's getting away with the money, he hits baby Billy.
1: Yeah, they T bone. Uh,
0: Yep, he T-bones baby Billy, who, by the way, is getting head from Aunt Tiffany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and baby Billy ends up seeing all the money.
1: He also he, sees that it's gemstone money because it's in bags with the gemstone logo yep. on it.
0: So, So he puts it together pretty quick what happened. Like, oh, this guy stole money. And he's none too fond of Eli. And Tiffany ends up shooting the guy in the head. Cause they think he's dead, and then he starts making noise, and she has a pistol, and she just shoots him in the head and kills him. Yeah, she basically so-
1: <laughs> gets jump scared and just reactively <laughs>
0: shoots him in the face. And so then they hide the they hide the car, take the money, <laughs> and and the gemstones end up figuring it out. They chase down Baby Billy. They find him. He gets struck by lightning, and then they pray for him. Yeah, and he comes he comes back to life pretty much that that's like the overview it'd be too much to go through plot by plot because yeah. there's just too much that happens in a whole season i think it's more interesting to talk about the stuff we the stuff we've been talking about
1: yeah something that i did find hysterical is when they pushed because it's one of those things where they they take the van Bi- uh, baby billy and aunt tiffany the reason that we're calling her aunt tiffany is because she absolutely wanted to be called aunt tiffany by the three uh Children, I say children, the three offspring pastors. So, um, Jesse and Kelvin and Jill. Judy. Judy. Yeah.
0: So, but she's the same age as them. Yeah, I think she's younger. Yeah. Well, and first, <laughs> so Baby Billy, Baby Billy Friedman, is he's your classic, like a used car salesman, just a shyster, a quick talking, a smooth operator uh scam artist. Really?
1: Yeah. Dude, and- Walter Goggins is so good. I love that guy. I What else is he in? He was in Justified. Uh that was
0: never seen it. Yeah. Uh,
1: he was also in He was in The Hateful 8. <clears throat> he was one of the sheriffs. Uh he was in Django Unchained. Okay. He was also in Sons of Anarchy.
0: Who was he in Sons of Anarchy?
1: So in Sons of Anarchy, do you remember uh I think his name was Tig? Yes. Was the character?
0: Yeah, the guy who liked uh he was he was into uh transgender girls.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. The transgender girl. That's that's who he was. Wait, what? Yeah.
0: Dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's who he was.
0: That that's one of my favorite arcs in that show.
1: Yeah. Um, but, but I, I really enjoy him as an actor. Yeah. He's, he's really, really good. He
0: is so, he plays such a great role. And so Eli's wife was Amy Lee Jumps, Amy Lee Friedman. She married, became Amy Lee Jumpstone, and her and baby Billy used to be a singing group. Yeah. As and, kids. As kids. Yeah. And so he feels like Eli took her away from him. So he always has this kind of like this grudge against Eli.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because with without uh, without her, they can't capitalize. Because he's all about trying to make money, they can't capitalize on their previous fame. Because he's just one half. So, um, what did you think of the music that they did as kids?
0: God, that, that song, song is so annoying. Don't gets go so misbehaving. Stuck in my
1: head. <laughs> you think you think it, it, it's annoying? Yeah. Dude, I thought it was catchy as hell. It's
0: very catchy. It it is a good it's a good song, but it gets stuck in my head. It's very when I hear it.
1: Conway Twitty country style music.
0: Classic sixties Christian country. Like it's not I don't love it. It's good, (laughs) but but it's very folksy and it's so catchy. It
1: it was stuck in my head for a couple days after the the episodes that really harped on those songs because you get you get one episode actually this is might be interesting to talk about. You get one episode called Interlude, which is halfway through the season, and it just gives you backstory.
0: Yeah, the flashback episode. Yeah,
1: that was a pretty solid episode, Dude, I thought. Yeah,
0: I typically don't like flashback episodes. Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I
1: did too. It it really gave you insight as to why Baby Billy was so Oh, why he held such a grudge mm-hmm. and and I thought that it was um it was a pretty interesting thing to see
0: and also shows you why Eli has always kind of held a grudge against him mm-hmm. because they both loved Amy <clears throat> Lee, yeah, and she is the she is only in that one episode, yeah, and honestly, so much of this story revolves around her in the in the sense that. The whole time, Eli is trying to figure out, how do I do this without my wife? Beca- and all the kids, they're the same thing. Like A lot of the friction between all of them is that they don't have their mom. It kind of seems like she was the glue that really held them together.
1: She really was, And yeah.
0: without her, they're all constantly bickering. Because yeah. they all loved her and respected her and... She was probably the only one that could get them to stop bickering. Eli doesn't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, Eli's, you know, too busy trying to run his whole, his whole church.
0: Exactly. And it shows, and he's such an interesting character because he plays this very hard-nosed, stoic character who kind of, kind of like a typical older dad is exactly what you'd expect like don't get a lot of emotion from him he's very reserved holds it in but you can tell so so much of the story revolves around him how much he loved his wife and how he doesn't really know how to how to function without her to help him yeah and i think it shows a real like a much softer side to him some of my favorite scenes, like there's the one, uh, they're all out at the pool. It's the one where where Jesse, his son says, fuck you to him. And he says, because of one sin, oh, yeah. the other son is an asshole. <laughs> and it ends up in this big, huge fight. And they all go outside and they're talking to Eli. And he, that's where he kind of says, like, I just don't, I just don't know what to do with you anymore. I just don't know how to do it without your mother. Mm -hmm. And then they all kind of, they were all fighting and bickering and then they all kind of like, Daddy, we miss her too. And it's this really sweet moment. And then they all laugh about baby Billy's wife, Aunt Tiffany. They all laugh about her teeth and they all start laughing. Yeah. Such a beauty. it's probably one of the best scenes in the show. It's just this small, a small family moment where they were all just, Crazy and angry and yelling at each other, and then they all are basically like, "Hey, let's remember we're family," and then they end up laughing at the end.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of scenes that were like that where it was just very endearing. I think near the end where um, the three, uh, the three main characters, the three siblings get kicked out of the house basically cuz just everything hits the fan. Yeah. And um he basically boots them off, he being Eli
0: Gemstone. Yeah, cuz eventually Eli finds out that uh there is a, that Jesse has been being blackmailed. It's a, right after the steal the uh Scotty makes off with the money. Yeah. <laughs> cuz then now the they all have to come clean that. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, yeah, I did cocaine and hung out with hookers <laughs> with my friends. And then there was a video of it. It got blackmailed. And so we used money that Judy stole from the church <laughs> to pay him off. Yeah. And also I round over a guy. And then also it was my son Gideon who took the video and his friend who's been staying with us is the guy that blackmailed us and then robbed you and slapped you with a pistol yesterday. Yeah. So like that all comes out and he's like, you're all fired. Yeah, he just fires every single one of them. And I love Judy in that moment because she's like, well, daddy, uh, daddy, does that mean I have to move out? (laughs) And he's like, Judy, Judy, I don't care what you do and just gets in the car. Yeah,
1: but but then he's like, I don't you I don't care where you stay or what you do or where you live. Something like that, because he basically has bought this massive lot of land just with a mansion for every single kid. Because that was him and his wife's dream to do. And so she's living in a house on the family land. And the part after, like, when he's starting to drive away, he goes, yeah, but, like, will you still pay for it? Are you? <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, it was those little moments where you could really dial in and see the family. And You saw that they were siblings that they loved each other and that they were helping each other out as much as they bicker. I think that those were very endearing, yeah. Um, but my the the part with baby Lee or baby Billy mm-hmm. where they push this van into like, the swamp, the, the <laughs> lake, and <laughs> the, the van doesn't go down the whole way, like the top part of the van is still exposed, yeah. And it's and, the middle
0: of the night, and... yeah.
1: Baby Bill is like. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. We're in low tide right now. When high tide comes up, it's going to hide this whole thing. We'll get sucked down in the mud.
0: Yeah. So then morning comes
1: and there's it's, no water. It's
0: bone dry. It was high tide. high tide. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a perfect baby Billy. Like that encapsulates baby Billy perfectly. Yeah. It's just complete. He just says complete bullshit with no regard. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know, and it doesn't matter that he knows. It's just you have to believe him, and that's how he gets by. That's his whole character is just like, nope, this is it. Let's move on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of bullshit with no regard, can we talk about how much Danny McBride's character gaslit his wife through this entire maybe first six episodes of this season?
0: What- She's such an interesting character, and I love her so much. I love her too. Because of the role. It's such an interesting role she's playing where he is constantly lying and bullshitting her. Mm -hmm. And you can tell she is genuinely, as far as like, you know, we're looking at people who are live their lives around faith. Mm-hmm. And she's somebody who is truly in it and believes it and is about family and is about faith. She might be but,
1: genuinely the best person in this entire show.
0: But she is also a little bit of a social climber. Yeah. Like, like she likes the status. She mm-hmm. likes being married to a gemstone. Yeah. Yeah, that's so for sure. she plays this really interesting character where I think a lot of the time she suspects... And knows that there's bullshit going on. Like when Jesse sees the car that he knows is the guy who's blackmailing him. Yeah. He starts. He. he says,
1: <laughs> oh, this is, this, this is just car, car games that we play with my friends. Yeah.
0: He starts chasing the car and she's like, Jesse, what's going on? What's going on, Jesse? And he goes, don't worry about it. I'm just playing car pranks with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, they're going like 80 on a back road. Yeah. And he's just inches from the bumper. She's Jesse, I'm scared. And he's just, don't talk to me right now. I'm doing car pranks. <laughs> and the van ends up flipping over and rolling. Yeah, And then he gets a gun and gets out of the car. And she's like, Jesse, what's going on? He's like, <laughs> stay in the car. Oh. And they run off. And when he comes back, it's like the next episode. She's like, I still don't understand what happened with that. What kind of prank is that? And he's like, "Oh, you know, uh, they they was doing a different kind of prank. They would they flipped the car. That was a different kind of prank. They was pranking me back."
1: Yeah, I didn't think it was very funny.
0: <laughs> so there's this whole time where she can tell that he's bullshitting her, mm-hmm. but she knows that she needs to play the role of a good Christian wife, and so she kind of like lets some of his bullshit slide. Until she figures out the truth, and, and whether or not she fully believes it, or is, and is delusional, or is kind of knows something's going on and lets it slide, it's not sure. I think it could be either. Yeah. But eventually, he does come clean with everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. After after it all hits the fan,
0: and he, he comes clean. Yeah. And she shoots him in the ass. <laughs> yeah,
1: because she is a cr- I don't want to say crazy gun nut, but she's got a vault of guns. And there's a, an episode earlier on where she's just at a gun range. Just, she just, Yeah, yeah she was a shooting. champion shooter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She was in, in the Olympics, I believe.
1: Oh, okay. For shooting. Yeah.
0: So, so when everything hits the fan,
1: she just goes, she's obviously furious, justifiably so, and she just walks to the vault, puts her thumb down, the door opens up, and he sees that she's going to get like a rifle and <laughs> he's like oh hell no no run run <laughs> yeah he's, he's screaming run there's nobody else in the
0: place except for him <laughs> he's just and his wife to himself. <laughs> he's just like dude, run dude and here's the thing is she's always dressed so nice she has super high heels on and a short mini skirt and a nice matching a matching jacket dude it's insane how sexy a woman in with a rifle walking is like in that moment. (laughs) Cause it's a very funny scene. Yeah. She's about to shoot this motherfucker because he just showed her and all his friends and their wives, this video of them doing blow and hanging out with prostitutes. And one of them, Chad actually having sex with the prostitute. Yeah. (laughs) And she's getting a gun to shoot this motherfucker. It's a great scene, but also I'm watching, I'm like, God damn, that's one of the sexiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then after that, then all the girls come over to her house because they've all, you know, they're all pissed at the husbands. Mm-hmm. And the one of them who's married to Chad, who is the one who had sex with the prostitute, and they all watched and cheered him on. She kind of makes like a snide, underhanded remark to Amber. And Amber goes, well, at least my husband wasn't fucking a dirty prostitute. <laughs> so, so even in this moment where all of their husbands have fucked up, she knows Jesse has been lying to her. He's mm-hmm. just as bad as the rest of them. That status is still, in. Imp- she still has to assert her dominance and won't let somebody say something bad about her husband. Yeah. Even though she's mad at him, she kicked him out of the house and said, you need to go get our son. Yep. Because he had left. He left and went to uh, like Guatemala or something to, to do, do mission work.
1: Yeah. Because he felt like he needed to, to make, make right the wrongs that he committed. Because
0: yeah, he took all the blame initially. Yeah. And then he went to he went to Haiti, it was. Mm-hmm. So she's pissed at Jesse. And she's kicked him out of the house and told him, go to Haiti, get our son. But still, when somebody else talks bad about her husband, she's like, Hell no. And puts her in her place immediately. She, Real quick. Yeah. Such an interesting character because she's plays this role of like she she's such a strong woman. But also, at the same time, she's a very subservient woman in other ways. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She, she was a great character. I loved the kind of switch that flipped um, when everything did go down. Because she just was like, no, you messed up. You need to make this right. Yeah. And again, to the credit of just about everybody in the show, they do. Or at least they make an attempt. They, yeah. you know, And that's how the season ends, is them making that attempt. So, I thought that it was pretty good, dude. I really did. Um, we're, we're at the point where we probably move on, get into ratings and, uh, continue the conversation. Okay, sure. But, um, yeah. So what, what category are you going to give me here? What are we rating?
0: So on a scale of one to 10 bullets in the ass. Okay. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to give this an eight i think okay yeah did i get you hooked will you be watching the next the following seasons because uh there's a second season and the third season is currently coming out
1: oh okay uh you probably yeah i'm probably gonna check out the next season cool yeah if it's anything like the first season was i liked it
0: more than i was expecting to i really i think the second season holds up just as well oh yeah uh, it gets a lot more into Eli's backstory. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you you end up getting a lot more into Eli's backstory and where he came from, and okay. it's pretty it's pretty interesting. I, I don't want to say much, but okay. it's Eli's a hard man. So, okay. Yeah he he doesn't come from money. He didn't start out as a wealthy preacher. Gotcha. You
1: know? Okay. Well, cool. Um. Well. <clears throat> I'm going to give this, yeah, I said eight, right? Yep. Yep, eight.
0: Eight Uh, out of ten, bullets in the ass. You heard
1: it here, folks. Right here on Get Wrecked. What did you guys think of the Righteous Gemstones? Am I late to the party on this? Is this something that a lot of people have watched? Because I haven't heard, I didn't even know about it, but when you told
0: me about it, I was completely oblivious. It's one, I, honestly, I haven't heard a ton of people talking about it, but I, I don't know a ton of people. <laughs> so, <I don't> <laughs> uh, that's that's a good quote.
1: Um, so I want to hear from everybody in the Bible Belt. That's who I want to hear <laughs> from uh, with this episode. I want to see what you guys think of it. Really, anybody. I mean, you don't have to be from the Bible Belt. We've got some people in London who listen too. I'd love to hear from you guys in London, um, or gals, whoever. I don't I don't judge, but get a hold of us. Send us an email. Uh, find us on Instagram, Thor. What's the, what's our email again?
0: It's getwreckedpod at gmail.com G I T R E C D P O D at gmail.com. There you go. Um, so for next
1: week, I think we're going to take it into some, some music. I want you guys, I want you guys to listen to some music. Um, fun fact, I'm going to give you this. Did you know... You probably know now. Well, maybe you know. I don't know. Did you know that Tracy Chapman was a woman? Yes. I had no idea. Uh, Really? (laughs) Really. Okay. I thought that Tracy Chapman was a man. I had very little exposure to Tracy Chapman. The only things that I knew about Tracy Chapman was, give me one reason to stay here and fast car. Okay. And the only... Picture that I had seen of Tracy Chapman was an out-of-focus image of her playing guitar for her greatest hits album cover. Okay, and I thought that Tracy Chapman was a man,
0: hundred percent. Well, and Tracy is a unisex name, so yeah, there's, I think that's there's that,
1: and I feel like the voice, the voice sounded. And she has short hair, right? Yeah. I well, in that picture, yes, okay. and I felt like her voice sounded like a guy, not in a bad way. I think that Tracy Chapman's got a beautiful voice. Sure. Yeah. But it reminded me of something like Lenny Kravitz or, uh, or Bob Marley, where it's kind of like this mid range vocal mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, so anyway, there's a country song that is a cover of fast car that is coming out. And I saw this article that said that the, I think it, the cover is done by a guy named Luke Combs. I don't really listen to country music. I think that that's his name. And I guess that that song, his version, surpassed Tracy Chapman's version. And somebody in the comments of the article said, I listened to it, I immediately turned it off, and listened to the original, because Tracy Chapman, she was the OG. And I remember looking at it and thinking, I'm pretty sure Tracy Chapman's a guy. (laughs) And so, but then I thought maybe I should check. And so I did. And turns out Tracy Chapman's a woman. I had no idea. Yep, definitely a woman. So then I felt like I owed it to myself to listen to Tracy Chapman's first album. So okay. I immediately found her first album on YouTube and I laid on my couch and I listened to the entire album just laying on my couch. Okay. And I think that you should listen to the entire first album of Tracy. Okay, Chapman.
0: so I was well, I was curious. I was like, I'm not sure where this story is going. Okay, <laughs> that, that's where we're headed. Thor. Okay, so Tracy Chapman's first album. Yeah, it was done I think
1: in 1988 or 1989, somewhere around there. It's an older album. Uh, pretty pretty good album. Okay, so it's a new find for me, which is strange because it's a very very old album, but um. But yeah, so we're going to listen to Tracy Chapman's first album. Tracy Chapman is definitely a woman. Um, (laughs) And and that's what we're going to cover next week. So next week, Tracy Chapman's first album. You guys should take a listen to it and then listen to us talk about it next week. And uh, if you have any thoughts on it, you know where to find us getwreckedpod.gmail.com at gmail.com Bam! So, until next time folks As always You Get Ripped
0: Stay Ripped